Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Welcome once again to another exciting episode of Zed Games, your favourite radio program and mine, dealing with all the news, reviews and what have yous that occur in the gaming industry in Australia. We are coming to you live from the 4ZZZ studios in Brisbane. You might be listening to us around the nation on the Community Radio Network. I am Lee, manning the machine once again. Razor. Hey. Ms. Candy Payne. Hi. Jodie McGregor. Hello. And Alana Pierce. Hi. Razor, what is happening on this episode? This week, Alana will be talking about LEGO Dimensions, mm-hmm. one of the many LEGO games. This is the latest one. Yeah, and it's the first one to use the Toy to Life gimmick where you actually have physical LEGO characters that you put on your LEGO portal and then they jump into the game. Sweet. Uh, and before that, we'll be talking to Lucky Dip, who were the winners of the 48-hour game-making challenge that was held a couple of weeks ago. They won with their entry, Dune Raiders. So excited to talk to them all about that. But before all of that, let's get this episode started as usual with the weekend gaming news headlines. Candy? Thanks, Razor. Sony is cutting the price of the PlayStation 4 in the US by $50, bringing the console in line with the cost of the Xbox One at US $349. This follows a price cut of a similar amount in Japan last month. No word yet on a local price cut, but this is a solid indicator that we may receive one in the near future. Sweet. Yep. Bungie's space shooter Destiny is undergoing major changes this week, with the version 2.1 update introducing microtransactions. Among the purchasable items are brand new dancing emotes. So the deal there is that like, they're no longer releasing big downloadable packages and they're going to make all their money until Destiny 2 purely through selling like new hats and fancy dances. Like... The first dance that went on sale today is the Carlton dance from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <gasps> Are you serious? <laughs> oh my god! I probably would buy those. Oh yeah. my god! I'd buy it just for that one yeah. alone. Yes. <laughs> I don't do a lot of microtransactioning, but dances. Carlton. Mm. Yeah. The end. <laughs> and, and Destiny, if not about all, you know, the shooting is only, you know, dancing is the only thing that's left. It's the only way for you to even interact with anyone, really. Yeah. So you do it constantly. This is a very canny financial decision on their yeah. part. As an aside, can you copyright a dance? Like the Macarena, is that someone's property or is it public domain? Does anyone know? Uh, I, I don't think that you can copyright an action that a human can make, you know? Because how would someone profit from it anyway outside of this particular weird instance? Mm. When in the past has someone made money from dancing? I don't know. I was just thinking about, like, Applying for a copyright on the walking action, yeah. I'd be rich. Mm. You would have walking to prove that you were the first one to actually come up with. Okay, walking. that's that's more difficult. Yeah, yeah, you got to go. With <laughs> that's why it's difficult. <laughs> I mean, because people have been happen. doing it Not for impossible. some time. So, mm. <laughs> can you prove that though? Yeah, I can Photoshop <laughs> my head onto like a caveman's body. Yeah, that seems legit. Yeah. Mm. I think that'll go well for you, Razor. Yeah. Thank you. Give, it a, give it a try. I will. Pursue this. <laughs> I'm going to be rich, you guys. Wait and see. 
rich and stupid. Star Citizen, the spacecraft simulator by Wing Commander creator Chris Roberts, has hit a new milestone of one million backers. Star Citizen has continually set crowdfunding records since the campaign launched in October 2012, with the current amount sitting at $93 million, making it the biggest crowdfunded project ever by a large margin. The voice cast for the game includes Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, John Rhys-Davies and Gillian Anderson. That's where that $93 million is going. Yeah, it's all Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's at least $90 million. Yeah. Do we know what the second most popular crowdfunded project was? Potato salad. May have been the potato salad. <laughs> no, that was a joke. <laughs> it may have, That was still like $500,000 or something, wasn't it? It was a lot of money for potato salad, yes. I know uh, ukulele broke some kind of Kickstarter goals and then... Shenmue did really well as well. Yeah, yeah. This one in particular is like massively over that because they've continued to have their crowdfunding uh, options available post Kickstarter, which is why. Because I think they mm. made like six million dollars or something through Kickstarter, but uh, most of that has been in like spaceships that people have bought since. So how did they manage to do that? Because doesn't Kickstarter only give you thirty days? Yes, but they can. You can still keep funding your project afterwards just on the side. Right. So they're not doing it through Kickstarter anymore? No, no. They've, they've set up their own sort of side payment uh-huh. thing. And Makes so sense. elements of the game are open and there are ways that you can purchase stuff to keep going, but it is all still part of the same basic crowdfunding situation. I feel like that's almost cheating. Well, it's just continuing to ask for money after your original campaign ended. Isn't that just like microtransactions, really? Not really, because... I mean, we can get into this if you'd like, but... <laughs> well, they're not very Let's micro. Do it. Some of them are hundreds of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There are people who have spent, like, thousands of dollars on spaceships that they haven't gotten to play with yet because mm. the game isn't out. Okay, oh no, no comment. When mm. it comes to raising money, the, there's no real cheating. The only thing you can do to cheat is, like, directly take money from someone's pocket. Apart from that, it's pretty much well, all fair game. That's stealing. Yeah. I mean, cheating on a Kickstarter campaign, there, there have been a few where they haven't delivered what they promised. Yeah. That's kind of cheating. Um, that's definitely being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. I mean a rich jerk, so. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some, yeah. Now we are joined by the team of Lucky Dip. With me are Sam, hey, Lindsay, and Samuel. Guys, thanks for joining us. And congratulations on winning the 48-hour game-making challenge that was held at the beginning of the month. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Not a problem. You guys were one with the Dune Raiders game. That's right. Yeah. How about we start with you telling us about the sweet award-winning Dune Raiders? Well, uh, it was actually really cool. Um, I was pretty excited uh, how the game kind of turned out. Um, we kind of had little bumps along the way, but overall, I was pretty excited about it. <laughs> so what were the words we threw at you? So, we came up so with the words were <laughs> thief, yep. swallow, and... Collapse. Collapse, Collapse that's the right. one. Yep. Yeah, so um, it, was a, it was actually a really interesting story. Uh, one of the other friends um, in our group, uh, he also works with me, and we're actually coming up with a couple of uh, ideas for a game uh, prior to the, um, the, the words. So um, we're coming up with a couple of ideas, and uh, we came up with one that worked really well with Thief. So it was like a jewelry store, you capture um, 
I know, like our portraits and and jewels and stuff, and got to take them back. And we're like, oh, that would have been so good with the last year words as well. Uh, and it was like, oh well, oh well, it doesn't really matter. Like uh, we could probably incorporate that kind of idea with any any uh, words that we would get this year. And uh, when Thief was uh, released, uh, we were just like, no way, seriously, that would be so good. <laughs> but uh, no, I was pretty excited with the words. So yeah. So how did you develop your game from those three keywords? Do you remember the, the creative process, the um, brainstorming? Yeah, so basically as soon as the words come up, my mind was racing and I'm sure everyone else's was too. Yeah. And uh, we have a, a large whiteboard that we take outside somewhere and kind of everyone's got their pen and we just jot down ideas and shout out whatever comes to mind. Gets pretty um, hectic uh, after a couple of ideas. The the board's yeah, pretty us- much Yeah, usually the first seven or so we just throw away because they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, we just spend, and right? then from there we get a lot of good ideas and we, we normally spend maybe three or four hours um, just pushing out all these ideas going, yeah. mm-hmm. all right, that's a cool one, push it aside. What else is, what have we got? Mm. And then we just decide on which one to go with. Can you tell our listeners exactly how one plays Dune Raiders? Um, so basically, uh, it's like a Red Rover game. So it's four players, or up to four players. Um, and you, you start at the bottom of the screen, and you've got to get to the top of the screen, pick up a bunch of gold, get back to the bottom to deposit the gold in your area. First person to get a, a certain amount of gold wins. And between those two points, there's a stretch of desert, which is full of sandworms. Um, those sandworms are not friendly. They will eat you. <laughs> So you've got to run around and avoid these worms and you can you can shove other players into the worms and you can dive out of the way of, of worms or people. And uh, if you're too greedy and you pick up too much gold, then you walk really slowly and you're basically a very slow-moving target. Mm-hmm. Um, we found it to be really fun with even just two people and having four is really intense. Yeah. It was really cool with the mechanics as well because you can shove them into the sandworms when they're about to come up. So, yeah, so that was really interesting when or they just, have like a bag of gold. We just gang up on the slowest person. Yeah, pretty much. They're, they're getting a bit greedy there. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep shoving them back in while the other one's trying to gather the gold. Yeah, it's actually pretty, pretty competitive. What happens when you've got your idea and then you start building? What do you go to first? Is it everybody all in at once with like artwork and sound or who does what? So generally, uh, as team leader, I kind of, we peter out priorities. Um, Myself and the other programmer split out to uh, the sessions we want to do. Usually we try and pick things that won't interact with each other. Mm. So this year, um, he concentrated on all the worms and a lot of the player movement and I was piecing together the environment and like the, the interactive title screen and all that side of stuff. Um, and then the three artists, which is Lindsay and then Ryan and Beth who aren't here, mm-hmm. they, I just kind of leave them to their own devices to yeah. sort out which things they're doing. We, we kind of pick out uh, who's the strongest in what field. So like um, um, Ryan and myself, we're all good with like 3D modeling and stuff like that. And um, the concept art was uh, on Beth's side, as well as like the particle effects and stuff like that. So um, we, we kind of delegated it pretty well uh, when it came to things like that. So we also like time managed. So uh, the character would take a lot longer than what the worm would, but the worm would still take a, a massive amount of time. So we just separated that kind of thing. So I would work on the worm and, uh, and Ryan would work on the character. So... And then um, Samuel here just puts on his headphones and bashes away at his keyboard yeah, for 48 hours. Like a machine. <laughs> well, it's not quite like that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, I, I do have to wait for some artistic concepts to pop up before I can really nail what sort of music is going to be prevalent throughout the whole game. And this way, we, we simplified my task by just making it a single track that's loopable. 
and that really made that the, yeah made the <laughs> uh, the music experience a bit more succinct. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We kind of collaborate as well with like the three D models on like what what their timing is with their animations and works well with like Sam's uh, music and stuff. So, yeah. You guys mentioned time management before. Uh, that's of course a large part of oh, the yes. game <laughs> that can really make or break teams, right? Because yeah. you've only got yeah. forty eight hours to deliver a fully functioning game from conception to delivery. Yes. So especially when you're when it's your first year as well. <laughs> yeah. So whose first year was it? Um, it, it? Well, when I started, it was a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, none, no one in the team this year was their first. So yeah. you got yeah. the experience. Um, yeah, yeah, we we had that kind of built up over time. But uh, when I first started, I, I didn't really think too much of it. I was just like, oh, yeah, we'll be able to make like three or four levels, a couple of bosses for each one, story-driven. <laughs> yeah, we got this. Yeah, and the time management really starts at the conception where we have to get the scope right. Mm. Yeah. And that was something that we learned over the first probably three years of actually trying this thing hmm. yeah. yeah i think kind of developed over time i think a lot of teams have the issue where they'll go all right we've got a cool idea within an hour of the words they'll go and start making it and then throughout the competition they'll add stuff they'll change things and it just bloats and bloats and bloats until it's too large to complete yeah um whereas we've kind of figured out you spend the extra time at the start and you lock in something and you don't make changes to it at all unless they're really minor, and then you know exactly what you're doing and you can kind of manage it a bit better. Yeah, that's right. Some of the pro teams this year, I believe two of them, and these are teams that have taken time off work as professional games developers to just have fun in this competition. Two of the teams did not deliver uh, working products, uh, mainly due to scoping problems or just taking on too much, Mm. you know, so... Does that make you feel cool? Of course. It's <laughs> still pretty good. Was, was that where that question was going? <laughs> it seemed like it. It's a good ego boost, but yeah. after seeing what they were trying to achieve, especially um, with all those boxes and physical controllers, mm. uh, yeah, it is a bit humbling looking over at what they're actually doing. So you bumped up to the pro team room now? Um, I'm not sure what the official wording is. I don't think we're forced to do anything. Uh, but I believe <laughs> after taking award after award every year, <laughs> that's uh, right. After taking out three awards, I think we probably should go to newly pro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pro is reserved for yeah. obviously people fully in the industry, in the industry and yeah. have been in the industry Whole for team years. In industry, yeah. But uh, we've got some rivals who did newly pro and they won newly pro this year. Studio Blimp. So I think they want us to ramp up a bit so Was they that the can spaceship game. The yeah. Oh yeah, spaceship one. Yeah. So they can compete good. against us again, basically. Yeah. So you guys, of course, won the most prestigious award, the best overall game, but you also took out two other awards, right? Uh, Yeah, so we took out, um, on top of overall, we took out best graphics, which I believe was probably mostly due to our sandworms, and we took out people's choice, (laughs) (laughs) which is what everyone votes on, like, in a couple of hours after the competition finished. I was really stoked about that one. Yeah, Yeah. It's all right to make seven judges happy, but to make, you know, 50, 60, 70 people coming through want to play a game that's really really good yeah i was actually talking with ryan afterwards as well and now uh, he actually raised a point that it's really difficult to get both uh people's choice and the judges award as well so uh we we're pretty overwhelmed with that kind of thing so so you please the critics you please the pros and you please the people the crowds yes <laughs> that's something bon jovi was never able to do <laughs> <laughs> sorry bon okay so the specs go out <laughs> Now, guys, within the 48-hour span of time that you're allowed to create your game, you obviously have to sleep, you have to eat, go to the bathroom, shower, 
hopefully as uh, much as we could as you can <laughs> what is the strategy going in do you just go all out until you crash or do you make sure that you have a decent rest before you work i feel like the second one would have been good but it ended up getting the first one just going all out and crash <laughs> my uh my usual plan um in past years has been to to go all out initially because we don't start work till late on the friday i'll code into the early hours of saturday probably till five or six a.m take a six hour nap and then get back into it and then try and get to bed uh, a bit earlier on the saturday to wake up early like to get up at about 7 a.m on the sunday mm. to push out the final amounts and um be a bit more awake to deal with everyone after yeah, we finished right. yep. um this year that didn't happen i crashed at maybe 7 a.m on the saturday got up again at nine and then on the sunday i was under from maybe one till four um i'm not too sure i wasn't keeping track of time too much the only thing I do remember is waking up and having a panic attack because my phone had switched to uh, daylight savings. Because uh, it, yeah. it was on Sydney time. I see. A fateful hour. So I woke up, looked at my phone and thought, ah, oh, no, I've got like le- an hour less than I thought I had. And then uh. double checked and everything was fine. I'm personally on the time budgeting camp. I just, just set a bedtime, switch off, four hours of sleep up again, start to go. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do this. I would liken this to being on a long-haul flight where you may have very good intentions of getting sleep and then, like, to hell with it. Everybody else around you is making noise and it's, like, bright and whatever. It's just you cannot sleep because for whatever reason your mind is yeah. still going. It, it gets to that point where you just can't do it anymore. You're like, oh, I really do have to, f- like, figure this out, but your body's just so tired. It's just, like, asking you to go to sleep. Like, no, 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 just one more hour. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you do crash even when, like, with that noise around so I mean I think you need to bring your creative solutions to it every year I tend to bring a couple of boxes and a rug and I throw it over my head as a like a half (laughs) cubby house and I throw a little um a tiny little pedestal fan in there that just blows air on my face you spill the fort yeah that's that's what it is it's essentially a blanket fort sitting next to Sam's uh, feet and uh I just let the noise disappear as I fall Listening to your own music while trying to fall asleep. <laughs> Crazy antics brought upon by sleep deprivation is a byproduct of these 48-hour game-making challenges. Were you guys witness to or indeed party to any of such antics? I didn't actually notice all that much this year. <laughs> um, that may have been because I wasn't as awake as anyone else was either, but... Um, like I remember last year, there was conga lines and dancing, oh, and there was like yeah. a, there was there was about an hour where five people were just sitting around on the floor talking about whatever it is five people talk about at three a.m. in the morning. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice too much this year. Yeah, there was really. no squeaky ducks this time. Luckily, yeah, no, so no ducks. People seemed pretty composed. <laughs> ducks. I wonder what they were talking about on the floor there in that circle. Uh, this, if you, <laughs> I think the stereotypical like group of people who are high. Okay. <laughs> High on game making. Just, on game making and on sleep deprivation. High on game development, yes, and nothing else. No, nothing that would make any sense if you went back and looked at it. Sleep deprived conversations. Yeah, pretty much. Do you at any point get the chance to walk around and see what other people are working on and then be like, oh, holy shit, this is really good. We should change ours. Or I'm just... like that every time I get up. I'm yeah. just like walking around. I see amazing models, 3D models, and landscapes everywhere. I'm like, man. And I, I walk back to my 
mine, and I look at it, I'm like, I'm not happy with this. And I always have those, like, decisions to tweak it, redo, redo it all from scratch, or just be like, deal with it. So um, it it was actually interesting because um, um, my friend uh, Ryan, he this is his first year in our team specifically, um, and uh, we are collaborating back and forth on what the design should be, like kind of like a Mario-style, really cartoony kind of thing. But my artistic style is more towards a realistic, so it was really hard to try and balance that, but uh, it was really good him with him being there, kind of helping out with that. So I try to make a point of walking around fairly often, um, mostly just get a break from programming. Yeah. yeah. But it's good to see what everyone else is doing, where they stand in terms of how far through they are, um, and kind of like you, you like to say you don't judge but you do yeah, um, yeah. you kind of go oh you guys look like you're a bit behind or whatever it makes you feel a bit better and then you see someone who's zooming ahead they've got a playable concept yeah. and you're like okay it's fairly balanced um, but it's good to talk to everyone and get everyone's ideas as well yeah yeah I, I tend to go to a couple of sort of staple tables people I know or friends I've made throughout the last few years in the competition uh, and they always impress me and I yeah. always think what am I doing <laughs> I, I think the thing we have to remember is we do all this and then when we're at our table if you, if you take your eyes away from your screen for a while you can see everyone else in the other teams doing it like to you as well yeah. and having the same reaction like, yeah that's right other people's stuff is always going to look better because you always put yourself down yeah. on your own work yeah. kind of stuff yeah do you guys have any plans to release Dune Raiders now publicly um, yes, so I pushed out a really quick fix because the game was in portrait mode. Um, I pushed out a quick release that plays in landscape, but the perspective is off because it's basically just rotated. Mm. So the bottom of the screen is now the left of the screen. Uh, but we do have plans to do a proper version of it, um, remake it a bit, polish it up, take away the probably copyright infringing Indiana Jones font. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big yeah. one. And then, <laughs> yeah, just basically cover all our bases with that and then Maybe hopefully the push it out. Maybe change the sand grubs as well. You know? <laughs> I, I think June Raiders is all right. Okay. What about Indiana Dunes? Is that, <laughs> yeah, is that all right? Fine, yeah. I think that's covered under that's fair co- use, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But yeah, we're definitely looking to release a more polished version of it, whether it's yeah. just pushed out there or we try and get it up on Steam or something. Yeah. We're pretty keen to do it. And any words of advice for next year's competitors? Um... Don't drink energy drinks. Do get your sleep, unlike we did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically, sleep is like cool. treat it more as fun than something to win. Mm. Um, do it because you love doing it, really, more than anything. If I could add anything, that would be to really spend those first hours planning. Mm. Perhaps have dinner before you actually finish coming up with your final idea and draft many ideas. Mm. Yeah, and crucial... Bring your toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, that, that's deodorant. bring your toothbrush. Deodorant. <laughs> and deodorant, yes. All of your cleanliness yeah. products are required. Yeah. Possibly a towel as well, yeah. just in case. <laughs> Sam, Samuel, and Lindsay of the 48-Hour Game Making Challenges Lucky Dip Team, congratulations once again, and thanks for joining us on the program tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you for having pleasure. us. Thank you. So, Alana, you've been playing Lego Dimensions. Yes. Which is the new thing where the Lego toy, you build the thing, and then it goes into the video game, and then the thing that you made is in the video game, right? Um, Yeah. That was really descriptive. Do you actually have to make them, or do you (laughs) You buy them pre-made? No, you actually do have to make your little Lego bits. Uh, The portal, which they all, you know, all these Toy to Life games have portals that have things that actually read when you've put a figure on it to jump into the game you have to build like a sort of lego 
portal thing on top of it. You don't have to. The game wouldn't know if you didn't. But the um, first 10 minutes of the game stops you from actually doing anything and gives you the instructions on how to build your actual Lego portal. And you have to build a Batmobile. You have to sort of assemble your characters loosely. So I think that that's actually a really nice touch in that you are building everything that you are then putting on that Funny thing. you should mention portals. There is a portal turret in there that you can play. I saw it at the store the other yeah, day. Yeah, there is a excited. portal pack. Yeah, uh, There is a Simpsons pack. Uh, the starter pack comes with Batman, Gandalf, and Wildstyle, who's from the Lego movie. So everything you get beyond that is something that you have to pay quite a bit of money for. Mm. So um, how, mu- how much game do you get? Like, how many levels do you get in the game that you buy, the starter pack or whatever? It's still a very big game. It's, I don't know, I would say the same length as a, a regular Lego game, and it plays like a regular Lego game, and that, you know, they're pretty basic puzzles that involve smashing things and then pulling a lever but uh, I don't know maybe 10 hours or so it's just that in that time there's a lot of stuff that's almost obnoxiously locked away from you and that you're just constantly reminded of everything that you don't have Mm. Um, like other items uh, yeah just areas you can't access yet that will just have stuff that you don't necessarily need but it's constantly forced on you to, to remind you that you don't have it and to make you feel bad about the fact that you don't have everything and I think this is one of the worst of those toy to life things or toys to bankruptcy as I'm now calling it <laughs> in that it's just it, it just tells you constantly that mm. you're not good enough and uh. that you are failing at the universe basically oh, no. mm. so in the regular Lego games you play through them in story mode and unlock all the characters and then you go back and you can get to all the areas that you couldn't access with the characters you started with. But this, with this, you have to pay for those. This works basically exactly the same, except that you don't unlock things, you have to buy the things. Mm. Right. Yeah, mm. so there's still a lot of replayability in every single level. It's just that you're going to have to buy the characters to be able to do it. Uh, so, you know, this in that is no better than any other LEGO game. It's effectively the same, but more expensive. Mm. Who are you being guilted into buying? I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, but who, who are they? For Doctor Who? Well, they... No, I'm not. I'm actually not going to. I refuse. But uh, they... The, the one that seems to be most often mentioned is the witch from The Wizard of Oz. And I honestly think that's because nobody would ever want to actually buy her if you weren't constantly told to. I think she's the first thing that you are told you, you need to unlock something. And... You, it just seems to happen all the time. Like, it's weighted towards characters that people won't buy anyway. But mm. she's a cool character. Yeah, what if you're a Wicked fan? Yeah. 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 I don't know how how much those audiences <laughs> overlap, you know? Lego Dimensions fans and Wicked fans. Well, I mean, Lego Dimensions has got such a broad fan base it since they does. have all pop culture ever wedged into the same weird slurry. Can we, can we list everyone who's in this crossover, right? It's... Back to the Future and The Simpsons and the DC superheroes. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Portal. Portal. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Um, there's a lot. Yeah. There's, there's, a, lot a, of there's a ridiculous amount. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the best thing about the game is how well all of that stuff is tied together. It's just so well written. Like, you, you start with Batman, so he's always there the whole time. And Batman in the Lego universe is like this... Idiot. Because there's two mm. Batmans in this game. There right? are, yes. Like we fight Lego about who's the real Batman. Batman. Yeah, oh. it's great. But Lego Batman is just like this dumb jock. And he has this issue where he's trying to make logical sense of the TARDIS. And yeah. it's just this beautiful thing that could never exist in any other universe because there's all these fictional universes that have just like melded together into this this 
massive pop culture explosion and it's mm. it's just so much fun and in terms of actually playing through those parts of it it's a lot more rich than all of the other Lego games are because it just it's really funny and it's really well written and the creative scenarios that they come up with is just that makes it worth playing alone um, but yeah I'm not willing to actually buy all of the other worlds which is some of the stuff you can get so some of them are character packs that you can get to give you three se- separate sets of characters from a certain thing others have actual levels that you can buy and I would think those are the most worthwhile ones but I haven't bought any and I really don't want to buy any <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just worried that they're going to like come up with something that I can't resist at some point like Ghostbusters they wouldn't but if they did it with South Park I'd be like well I'm done I'm buying it <laughs> mm. yeah the Ghostbusters one is pretty irresistible uh. looks really good I know. I think this is my problem. I mm. would get really sucked into this because I just like Lego. Mm. And so I would want to go and be collecting all of these little characters. Less for the game, more just to build them and have cool collectibles like Marty yeah. McFly on his hoverboard and, and they are really Slimer. Cute. And, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. That's where I feel sorry for parents. That's all I'm going like, to say. <laughs> Lego already get us like that. Like, yeah. they've already licensed all of our childhood and now they're selling it back to us brick by brick yeah. and now to have that then interact with a very expensive video game where they're all having fun together damn them <laughs> damn them I, like I should explain the way that the uh, the plot actually works is mm. this bad guy who sounds so much like David Attenborough <laughs> I love it I just, <laughs> I just love imagining that it's David Attenborough doing the voice acting uh, he's trying to get the foundational elements which are things that can how technical do we want to get here? It's kind of... He's stealing some Lego stuff, He's right? He's stealing yep. some bits. Yeah. Uh, the, the DC <laughs> Universe thing is Kryptonite. Uh, the Wizard of Oz one is the Red Slippers. So it's like stuff that if you bring it all together, he can yeah. basically control all of the Lego multiverses by bringing them together and being the Overlord. That sounds suspiciously like a Marvel plot, though. Uh, it considering is. It, there's it no Marvel certainly characters. is. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We just overlooked that. <laughs> okay. Totally, totally original concept. Uh, and as that happens, he steals a bunch of uh, heroes and locks them up and lets a bunch of villains go to try and help him get that stuff back. But something goes slightly wrong, so a bunch of the universes have just been sort of mishmashed together and things are leaking into one another and everything's just getting real weird and lots of references overlap but mm. that's what makes it so great I will I will just never forget Batman trying to make sense of the TARDIS it's you know there's nothing else that I've ever played or watched or read that has that apart from like Tumblr or the fanfic <laughs> yeah the fan fiction, yeah but I mean there's no weird sex stuff in Lego Dimensions so you're safe you don't yeah. like read half of your Batman Doctor Who fan fiction and then it just suddenly turns into porn mm. you know you're safe there Consistently so G-rated. Safe for kids here. Yeah, safe yeah. for kids. This is, the, fiction. this is the first time that Batman's met Doctor Who and no one started doing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Humanity has finally accomplished that goal. Yeah. And it's it's really well done and it actually does make it a total delight to play in that I don't imagine there's anything else that I will play ever again that has those kind of overlaps. It's mm. It's just, it's almost hard to explain in how perfectly written it is. But nothing else about the game is particularly strong. Um, the universes are, are really well designed and they look like the things that they should be. You know, the Wizard of Oz has the yellow brick road. and it all It's all laid out really well, but uh, the gameplay is just the same as all the others and the the way that the, the graphics look all the same as all the others, you mm. know, nothing's yeah. particularly outstanding. They've mastered what bricks look like now. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, this is definitely brick. Yeah. You can break it for coins somehow. 
Yeah, it's interesting because the other LEGO games that have come out recently have over-delivered in value. I feel like the Jurassic Park mm. game had all of the movies, and that was that was fun. The Avengers one that's coming out has like all of the Marvel movies in one, so it's a bit really? disappointing. Well, like yes. six of them. Oh, like yeah. of the yeah. Phase Two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, plus some of the TV stuff. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a shame that they sort of blocked you out and put that paywall oh, there. Ah, yeah, I see what he did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just got it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well but yeah, it's, it seems like, you know, they, they came in with that idea and realized how well all of those were doing. We're like, well, you know what? We could probably monetize this. Maybe someone, someone has had a look at the absurd value of all of their other games and they're like, we have to balance this out somehow. <laughs> Nickel and dime them all. <laughs> For people that actually have no idea what we're talking about right now, help us visualize it. When you buy your little characters, like I just, I want people to understand what we're talking about when you actually are buying a Lego character and then how does that suddenly translate on screen and open up worlds from the little physical guy? I mean, it's frankly kind of poorly done. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's awful. Never it's look not at it. not really. Uh, you have a Lego figure, just like a regular Lego. What do they call them? The Mini Lego. Fig. Minifig, yes. You have a Lego minifig and then you sit your Lego minifig on a plastic disc. That plastic disc has uh, a little bit of foil inside it that basically contains data Mm -hmm. that relates to that character. You then put that on a pad that can read that disc and it recognises when it's on the pad. The pad then transfers it into the game. So it's sort of just... (laughs) You have a, a figure that you put on a pad and then it pops into the game world. I mean, it's not very exciting. No, that's magic. It's like, my toy is now in my video game on my screen. <laughs> that's magic. If I was, if, like, five years old, that would be the best thing in the world that has ever happened. Like, I have a toy in my hand, and now I can wiggle it around. I totally screen. get the appeal for kids, but to me, it was just like, wow, I have to stand up and move <laughs> this character again. Okay. Lego whenever, makes you do that so much, no, too. Whenever you're like, wow, I have to stand up sarcastically, <laughs> mm. like, maybe, it's <laughs> maybe like every this is five on you minutes. and not, not the that's game. That's what I think it is, but, <laughs> but the, it's surely that's only appealing to kids. Like, you, when you play a game, you kind of just want to sit there and experience it. This is like, hang on, hold up a sec. You have to move this to this part of the, the portal pad thing, and mm. it makes you move them around. And I swear, at some points, it is every five minutes. And we're like, ah, oh, yeah, I just want to play it. I was playing Disney Infinity recently with uh, my girlfriend's nephew, and he freaking loved switching the toys out. Like, that mm. was the best part for him. Was how, did, like, how did you feel about that, though? I just dealt with it. I'm an adult, right? Like, <laughs> I, I know what I'm dealing with. Like, this is a kid's game. I'm playing with a, a five-year-old. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> like, yeah, it was annoying because I was playing a Spider-Man and now I'm Groot tumbling through the air. How were you unhappy with being Groot? <laughs> no, no. What's that's, wrong with you? That's still fine. Um, so it was all all good. Like, his joy was immeasurable and mine was perfectly acceptable. So that makes me think that the target audience for a Lego game or Lego Dimension specifically is kids. Yeah. Because I hate having to move the characters around. Like, I actually just want the software. Stop making me move stuff. Yeah. And they make you do it all the time. But then it's conflicting because are kids these days into Back to the Future? Well, that's for the parents, right? That's to keep the parents happy. So so the target audience is both, is the idea. Parents have the money, so they're going to buy the thing that they feel nostalgia for, but the kids are going to be playing with them anyway. No, have you seen parents? Have you met kids? Yeah. Yeah, Kids are like, I want... The 
this one and I will murder you if I can't have it. Yeah, and the parents like, okay, but I'm also getting you the Back to the Future one because it's, it's 2015. Money. Because yeah, that's yeah. dope, son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know what? You know what has happened here, Alana? As the junior member of the Z Games team, you've gotten old <gasps> and <I> <laughs> cynical. <laughs> Maybe I have. I just you don't, don't like moving if it's unnecessary, okay? <laughs> You don't want to play with the toys anymore. I have more toys than any child. I would be willing to bet money on that. I have more toys than any child ever. I just don't like moving them. Well, exactly. How often do you take them off the shelf and play with them? They're far too expensive for that. So now they're collectible items and figurines less than toys. Yeah, I actually don't really have any figurines. I feel like this is a big step for you. This is great. It's just like the cartoon where Ralph Wolf covers Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy in like super glue because he doesn't want like children to play with toys anymore. (laughs) You remember. It's coming back to you. That is the plot of the Lego movie. Yeah, and that as well. Yes. It's the exact It's exactly correct, except that this thing forces you to move them for dumb reasons too. Why should I be able to move my toys? They should stay exactly where they are. So I can look at them. So I can play the game. You're the villain from the Lego movie. I might be. I, I may actually be Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to keep buying characters to play, or are you done with it? I, I refuse to. It's microtransactions. Mm. I'm not going to do it. Micro, but very expensive transactions. Yeah, just like super expensive. How expensive are we talking about? I mean, I'm not going to buy any. They're between like $24 and $45. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. A world pack is about 40 bucks. I think yeah. it's depending on where you go, but characters can be like $19 to like 29 or so. Yeah, these are this, these are just transactions now. Mm. Nothing micro about that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And they're, they're more expensive than the comparable things that you could get with Disney Infinity and Amiibos and with uh, the uh, Spyro guys as well. Skylanders. That's them. Yeah. Spyro guys. <laughs> Close. Spyro, Spyro's in there. They, they leached off his franchise. Yes, they did. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Lego figures are also... I don't know if this is a valid complaint because they're, they're regular Lego size, but they're the smallest of all of them mm. compared to Disney Infinity, Skylanders, Amiibos. They're, they're the smallest figures. Um, they're just regular Lego size, but it still stands out when you have them mm. all together in it. They're, you can they're, do stuff They are articulate, them, so yeah, and, yeah. They, and they do come with things like Batman has his uh, Batarangs and mm. Wild Style has that one thing that she carries all the time that I'm still not entirely sure what it is. What does Superman have? Don't know. That's uh, okay. I don't have Superman. A cape, but I. Oh well, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was going to say Kryptonite, but I feel like he wouldn't have that. That seems <laughs> that seems unrealistic. Yeah. He probably wouldn't carry that around with him. No, not um, to be healthy. So yeah, you you could play with the the Lego figures by themselves as well, and the portal is totally a cool looking thing when you can build it, which is kind of tough. It was actually not easy to build. You definitely. Had trouble with that and got frustrated. See, that, that would be the Did you have to get your parents to help? Mm, had to get parental assistance. Yeah. No, I got one of my friends to do it who'd done it before. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> he was like, no, no, it's the slightly larger gray block. I'm like, this one? No, 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 wrong shape. I'm like, God. Ah. So I'm just not cut out for that, I guess, for Legoing. But Aww. again, uh, really don't like the system. I, d- I don't like Toys to Bankruptcy. I, I think that that's really crappy, and I like that because the last thing I played before this was Skylanders, was that I could just have one character like Diablo and make him super badass. You can't do that in mm. LEGO Dimensions. But because it does have all of those universes combined, it's one of the funniest, wittiest, most easily digestible fictional 
cluster of universes that I have ever experienced. Do you guys see this as slowly replacing Lego? Like, is this the Lego of the future? No, like, think for a second. We're starting with little characters in small packs, but does this have the ability to just keep expanding and suddenly you're buying, like, the entire Simpsons Quickie Mart or something, you know, like... Yeah, it could. I feel like this is it for I, kids No, I think Lego Lego is going to be around for a long time. I think it would go hand-in-hand hand with yeah. non-software-compatible Lego. Mm. But... You could totally end up having a quickie mark that you have to put on your portal. People might just buy them because they like the characters that are on sale. I wouldn't be surprised if people have yeah. done that with uh, the Lego Dimension stuff because, you know, they're still high-quality Lego mm. figures. They're still perfectly well-painted, and, you know, I love that Batman has two options for his face. And this one, the angry Batman? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> when you take his mask off, there's just, like, this this line so that they can have it so that you can have him without a mask, but when you put the mask on, it looks like he has white eyes. Ooh. So it's like they've thought ahead. Mm. And the, the, the figures are quite detailed. Um, so you could totally buy them without using the game at all, and mm. there's value in that, but... I, I don't know. I, I still feel dirty even slightly supporting anything about the entire concept. <laughs> Fair okay, enough. trying to rob your children. That's what's happening. And that's the bottom line on Lego Dimensions. Thank they will you. make you feel dirty. <laughs> Robbing children. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Alana. So uh, it's available for PS4. What, is it, what else is available on? PS4, Xbox One, and Wii U. I think it might even be on old gen. I'm not actually sure, though. Thank you very much. Okay, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Zed Games, everybody. Thank you very much uh, for listening. It's been fun. We'll be back next week at the same time, of course. You guys next week. Bye. Bye. See ya.